Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home to me. Welcome home to you. Yes, we're back. We have been we've been traversing the country. We went to opposite directions. We did go in opposite <laughs> directions. Like we were trying to get as far as humanly possible, but you flew and I drove. Yeah. Yes, and I drove to Mount Rushmore, 1880 Town, Waldrug, and Yellowstone. Where did you go? I went to Boston mm-hmm. and Boston. I went, and I went to Salem. And Salem and Cape cool. Cod, so that is cool. Yeah, that is a cool threesome. Yeah, very nice. Well, we're world travelers now. We've we've seen the sights. We we can speak with a worldly uh, a worldly uh, panache. Sure. Like. Yes, that's that's how these things I'm go. Just, I was gonna attempt to do like a Boston accent the entire time, and that's not gonna happen. Oh no 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 no! You don't. Mm-mm. It's it's one of you know. There's not many accents that actually feel painful to my ears, but bad Boston. Right The up only there. thing I could like remotely think of saying is uh, where you park your car, park the car and, the have it, and have it yacht. And have it yacht. Yeah. I know that from Jaws. Oh. Yeah. That's that's how I know that. And speaking of Jaws, who are you? Kate. Yeah. Excellent. I'm Betsy. <laughs> yep. I don't know what that has to do with Jaws. I just, yeah. I nothing. There's no segue to, whatsoever. It, it, you have Jaws. I have Jaws. And they're jabbering right now. So okay. that is an excellent subway. Sure. Segway. Um, yes, and this is Fuse 8 and Kate. What do we do on this podcast? Uh, we talk about traveling. Yeah, we do. A fair amount, actually. But yeah. uh, what, what, what else do we do on this podcast? We talk about cicadas? No, we don't talk about cicadas. You distracted me. <laughs> uh, we talk about children's books, picture books specifically, and whether they're good or crap. Yep. And if they should be considered classics or not. Sure. All right, for this week, this week, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about this one because, okay, uh, I'm going to have to give you some context for this one. So please understand that right now, if you were to walk into any bookstore, uh, pretty much any that has a selection of children's picture books, you would see probably uh, picture books about black hair pride, talking about how great black hair is and, and how pr- proud people are and the different styles and things like that. There's a whole well, slew of them. Crown was awesome. Uh, tell me about it. That's one of the very rare black boy hair books out there. Most of them uh, are about girls, pretty much. And But this is a fairly recent-ish phenomenon. I'd say the last, you know, eight years or so, these books have been coming out. They've really hit their peak right now. Today's book was one of the first to do this, but it came out in 1998. So it's actually kind of rare. Uh so I'm, I'm just going to pull it out because it is it has maintained its supremacy, I would say, uh, of the hair books. I would say this is the original book. I'm kind of giving away the entire premise. Here we go. Boo! I love my hair. Bye. Natasha 
Anastasia Tarpley. Illustrated by... E.B. Lewis. That's right. This was the first, folks. The very first. And I can hear some of you and you're like, well, Nappy Hair by Carol Leva Heron came out in 1997. Yes, it did. I do not have the skills to discuss that book. I invite anyone out there to consider it instead of me. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to talk about this one. Okay. Excellent. While Kate does her read, uh, let me tell you a little something about Natasha Tarpley. Natasha Tarpley, who is local to us? She is a Chicago resident. Uh, she lives here in town. It's lovely. And let me tell you, uh, she is the recipient of a National Endowment for the Arts Fellowship. Uh, she's gotten other awards as well. She, for some reason, runs marathons. Kate would understand that better than I do. She's the co-founder of Wunderbar Media, which is sort of a multicultural children's book media company. And I was trying to find some background information on this book in particular. And I found this marvelous interview with her um, with Shondaland. And I will link to this in the show notes. And in the course of the talk, she describes how just 20 years ago, there was not that much to choose from when it came to stories about and for black kids. Um, and those that were out, they were kind of narrow in scope, tended to focus on trauma or historical narratives, lacked imagination. So Shondaland asks her, have you talked to anyone who read I Love My Hair as a kid when it first came out who are now in their 20s? And she responds, that happens to me almost every day. We had an event here in Chicago for the book and I was shopping for craft materials. And the woman checking me out was at the register and she was like a young woman in her 20s. And she says, what are you buying all this stuff for? And I told her and she's like, oh my God. And she came out from behind the register and she gave me this huge hug. And she's like, this book changed my life. That's just the response she gets from. And we're back. Hello. Hello. Have you ever heard that Moxie Fruva song, I Love My Boss? No. I keep singing the title of this song to that. I love my hair. Boom, 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 you don't, you don't know what I'm talking about? Nope. Yay, Moxie Fruva's fans who are listening. Woo! I see you. And everyone else, join me in the eye roll. <laughs> there you go. All right. That's fair. That's fair. It's a Canadian band. You wouldn't know. How about that book there, hmm? Uh, yeah. That's so, a book. It's short. It is short, and I didn't realize that when I gave it to you. Yeah. So we're going to we're gonna have a little briefer conversation today, then, than our usual. Well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll so see. Um, it starts off with um, a young black girl who's getting ready for bed, and every night her mom brushes her hair to, like, try and get the tangles out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she tries so hard not to cry because she's in so much pain oh, that <laughs> she's like kid. sucking in her breath and she's like clenching her hands together until they turn red. And I, I can kind of relate to this. When Amy I was a Lewis kid, has perfectly captured this in the art. I have to say, yeah. This when is... I was a kid and mom was like trying to get the tangles mm-hmm. out of my hair, um, I would do this very same face. Yeah, and um, yeah, yeah, it hurts my, um, a lot. There's a there's a kids book series. Um, I believe it is uh, Nigerian um, by Adenuke, who is Nigerian slash Welsh, and she lives in Wales now. And there is a in the in the uh, Anna Hibiscus books, there is a chapter where Anna Hibiscus decides, uh, you know, she has this hair. She's like, no one's gonna touch my hair anymore. I'm just gonna let it grow. I'm gonna let it be free. And it gets so tangled and, and in her way that she has to submit once more to the the, the hair being done. But, yeah. yeah. 
But there's this one page where, you know, she says a, a few tears do manage to come out. And the illustration, like, her hair is just going out, like, off the page yeah but not but, ridiculously so it's amazing it, it still looks kind of realistic yeah well it looks so realistic that there's like little pieces of hair like oh. on the page that i thought there was actual hair like, like I someone was, left their hair well, no, brushing I, thought was, away. I thought it was like our like because we, we have hair everywhere oh, sure, in this house I do too, yeah. that i was like oh there's hair oh it's what? not it's not brushing off that's oh. that's the illustration Fair play <laughs> to you mr lewis yes but then her mom starts going into why her hair or why she's so lucky to have this head of hair Mm -hmm. and she starts off by saying i can spin your hair into fine soft yarn and she has this spinning wheel is it it an accurate spinning wheel well first of all i'm looking at this her hair is going onto the bobbin yeah 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 that is how it's being spun i mean that you would spin it that way well you have to okay let me give a little context here our mother owns more than one spinning wheel we we do know how to spin you and i we do we have we have special knowledge in a while in this (laughs) but yeah but if you but if you gave us that wheel i wouldn't take the hair but if you gave us some wool we would be able to spin something. Well, the you. first thought I had looking at this was, ow. Yeah, super <laughs> ow. Super, super uh, ow. But second of all, well done on the spinning wheel no, illustration. No, that's completely accurate. And let me tell you, nine times out of ten, with the possible exception of the Paul Zielinski Rumpelstiltskin, which we did that, right? Yep. Yeah, we did that. Uh, yeah, that 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 that's very rare that you get a nice looking spinning wheel. So again... Hat tip once again to Mr. Lewis. Well, and then it says, I can part your hair into straight lines and plant rows of braids along your scalp. And I'm like, this is where I realized this is why they're called cornrows. Yes. I honestly never thought of the name cornrow until just now. And I feel like an idiot. I don't think I've ever actually really thought about it either. No, I just knew that they were called cornrows. They were called cornrows because that was the name for them. Yeah. Yeah. But I never put two and two together. Nope. So, big white idiot over here. (laughs) (laughs) And the double idiot over here. Also white. So then, uh, so her, so the girl and her mom are walking down the street and she has beads in her hair that are going tap, tap, clickety clack. And she, and there are these two, uh, says there's folks on the street that look at me and smile. And I'm looking at these two people and I'm like, well, if I didn't know it was the nineties before, I sure (laughs) know it is now. 1998. Uh, what is it about them that seems particularly 90s to you? Um, well, the t-shirts, the um, yeah. the almost mom jeans. Mom jeans, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's mainly, yeah. The shoes. The shoes to a certain extent. Yeah. Kind of gotta, it's, it's, yeah. it's screaming 90s. Yeah. And um, yeah, I didn't know it, notice it until now. Yeah. <laughs> There's a page where she says, some days I just let my hair be free and do whatever it wants. And my hair surrounds my head like a, like the, my hair surrounds my head like a globe. And this is my Afro style. And her hair like combines into planet Earth. Mm -hmm. And then I was thinking, okay, what's the best Afro in the biz? Because my first thought, my first thought is Questlove. You mean like current yeah. Afro, like currently. Oh, okay. That's a hard question. Yeah. Uh, I can't answer that. I think Questlove is a good answer, though. But yeah. then, like, when you think of, like, iconic mm-hmm. Afros, I mean, you have 
Beyonce in that horrible Austin Powers film where it was. I am not considering that. But it's so big. Uh, Lauren Hill had a great afro. A very young Barack Obama had an afro. I'm just saying that there's a lot of different uh, good froze out there, but. There is, but, but let me just say, my favorite is Angela Davis, uh, former Black Panther. She had oh, the greatest yeah. fro That's of true. All. That's true. Yes. We should have a vote as to, like, who has the best has afro the best? of all time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I it don't would be, know. It would be is. a hard call. Well, I think there should be, like, a male category and a female category. I think that is true. Yeah. It's not fair to compare. Anyway, so the, apparently the kids at school tease her because of her hair, but her teacher... Thank goodness for her teacher, Mm -hmm. uh, steps in and says that when she was growing up, folks counted their hair as a blessing. And the illustration shows, um, I'm guessing this is her mom. I'm judging by the glasses. So this would be an Angela Davis time. This would be the 60s. Yeah. Yeah. When natural hair was. So it must be her parents like wearing traditional attire. Mm I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. This ties in very well with the Summer of Soul documentary, which I saw recently. And uh, yeah, so this would have been, her parents would have been part of that movement. So I, I was just grateful that her teacher like stood up and like well, supported her. Yeah, because nine, most times, no. Right. <laughs> Your teacher's not going to do it. And then she talks about how her hair can be, uh, you know, as thick as a forest or as soft as cotton candy or as curly as a vine reaching towards the sky, and her hair is just like intertwined with, um, with the tree and the leaves and the branches and all. The, and at this point, I'm like, okay, I really like how versatile black hair can be. Yep. It can be so many different styles mm-hmm. and different ways. And the at the very end, she's like, I'm wearing my favorite style of all, which is. Um, two ponytails that stick out on either side of my head and they flap in the air like a pair of wings. And then she's like, maybe I'll just take off and fly away. The end. <laughs> Which I was like, okay, okay that was you quick. Do that then. All right, that sounds good. <laughs> but when I did a little more digging, because I was like, okay, I know there's been a lot of controversy over um, hair in schools. Because mm-hmm. like you always hear about, you know, how like a football coach is going to make a player like cut off his dreads. Yep. Or So I'm like, okay, well, what is going on in Illinois, Mm -hmm. right? So not too long ago, just on the 13th, our governor um, made it so that school uniform and dress code policies in Illinois cannot prohibit or restrict hairstyles historically associated with race, ethnicity, or hair texture. Wow. So that was what? Pritzker did that? Yeah. So maybe like three weeks ago. Wow. Okay. That's <laughs> but timely. This also reminded me of an episode of last week tonight with John Oliver, mm-hmm. maybe like a month or two ago, he did an episode called hair. Um, it was all about black hair, which mm-hmm. watching it made me feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause it's a white man talking about black hair. Yeah. Which um, he says, I but, think he says that like right at the start, yeah. but he does mention something called the crown act laws, which, um, I didn't know what they were. And CROWN stands for Create a Respectful and Open Workplace for Natural Hair. Um, and it's a law that prohibits discrimination based on hairstyle and hair texture. And if you don't know, check if your state has passed that law because it's not nationwide. It's state uh. by state. But what I like most about that episode is like the last three minutes <laughs> where it's celebrities including Leslie Jones, who I love. And you definitely should not show this to your kids because she swears a lot. But um, they Mm -hmm. say like at the end, you know, if you have 
questions about like, you know, what is a silk press or what does a do-rag do or what's weave? <laughs> We're going to tell you. Look it up. Yes. That's <laughs> Just, why we have Google. Exactly. Yes. Leslie's like, if you don't have to do Google. You can do Bing, YouTube, <laughs> Wikipedia. I don't care. So, Stop bugging all the black people you know to answer your questions. Exactly. Yeah. So I feel like this is a good time to say, if you don't know what those are, look it up. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So this book uh, came out. It, it it has been republished, I think, uh, fairly recently. I think when it hit the 20-year mark, they republished it, but with the same art. They did not change the art. Now, when it came out, Tarpley... Hadn't had that many books out by that point, but E.B. Lewis had. So I guess he would have been better known um, to a certain extent than, than she was. And he's continued to, to make books ever since. Um, but the, he has that, his style is very much that. It's very that realistic um, to the point where it's it's now looks where like you a historical that, book. Yeah. When, when you think there's hair on your page. Yep. <laughs> to the extent that you believe that there are actually teeny tiny little hairs on your page. Um so many books, in the, like I say, recently have come out. Um, and the fact that this book came out in 1998, talking about this, meeting a need, is very impressive. Uh, I feel like a lot of books coming out these days follow in its footsteps in a lot of ways. But I feel like it had a really good hook. It had a good like story. Because a lot of the books that are coming out now are, I love my hair, but that's the, that's the, that's the whole purpose of the book. And there's no story to go with it. And this, this incorporated a story along with it, which I thought was a very smart way to go. Ratings time. Okay, so I love the watercolors. Mm-hmm. I love the different metaphors. And I like mostly the pride yeah, that comes yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can only hope that this is read in schools that also don't try and discriminate at the same time because well, that's yeah. um a bit counterintuitive you would, uh, <laughs> you would think. um and i don't remember the name of the book other than hair <laughs> yeah you know what i'm having a really hard time remembering the title as well i have while you were talking i had to keep um going back in my notes and being like and the title is you you sang I a song there you go hair. there you there go. go okay i remember now yes mm-hmm. uh also it's short so i gave it a 6.75 because i wanted more mm-hmm. i think it should be longer i agree yeah um i do feel that it cuts itself off um there could have been more of an ending to it um more of a conclusion and more of it does tie up the story of the girl um sort of coming to terms and accepting and loving her own hair but i don't know i felt like yeah i i totally agree it could have gone on a bit more there could have been more text there could have been more content well you said their story but i disagree i think it is just talking about hair <laughs> i guess maybe the story is mostly in the art um because you definitely got a sense of a story through the art um, where she, you know, it begins with her not liking her own hair and then it sort of progresses away from that as, as it goes on. Um, I think it's very strong and I think it holds up very well with the exception of that one little, uh, 90s fashion, 90s fashion show, uh, in the back. Uh, aside from that, it's, it's fairly timeless and has managed to really, I don't know, really stay relevant, uh, all these years, which is not easy. So I'm going to give it a strong 7.5. Okay, so it's above a 5. Definitely a classic. Definitely a classic! Right on! 
Ah, letters time. Okay, so this letter comes from new listener, uh, Michelle. Hello, Michelle. She says, hi, Betsy and Kate. I just discovered your podcast a couple of weeks ago, so I realize I'm responding to a super old episode, but I can't help myself. Shout out to Kenji Lopez, every night is pizza night, for pointing me in your direction. So, thank you, Kenji Lopez. (laughs) I had no idea that the author of Every Night is Pizza Night knew about the podcast, so that's cool. So, I am a new mom. She's five months old. And I've developed a bit of an obsession, addiction, affinity, whatever you want to call it. It's getting ridiculous. For kids' books. I do not have any childhood memories of Goodnight Moon, born 1980. But I know it's a quote-unquote classic. So I picked up the board book last time I was at Target with no thought beyond, hey, we don't have this one. I got it home and read it to my daughter, and my first reaction was, this book is super creepy. Right. Followed by, that old lady is a freaking ghost. Thank you. Mm, Anyway, I just wanted to say I am with you, Kate. The old lady is a ghost, Mm -hmm. and I'm not super sure how I feel about that. (laughs) Which I love that. But I'll probably keep reading it to my kid because I like the story. And at least for a good long while, it's not going to creep her out. This is totally true. Five months old, you cannot creep them out. Unless, like, there's a balloon and she doesn't expect that balloon to be there or something, you know. By the way, thanks for helping me grow my kid's freakishly vast home library. There are definitely worse things I could be spending my money on. Right on. Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. That's, that's a nice letter. Isn't that a nice letter? That's a sweet letter. Aw. <gasps> Grown-up things we like. Uh, you go first. Okay. As I mentioned before, I went on a big cross-country trip, and you might have heard and recognized some things that I said, like Yellowstone, check. Even Wall Drug, check. Uh, you know, Mount Rushmore, check. 1880 Town, that one doesn't tend to show up on many people's uh, checklist of things to do as they're driving out east. Nope. As they're driving out west. That's what I meant to say. West. <laughs> I'm not going to edit that out. Yeah, I'm going to shut keep up. That. <laughs> shut up. I was like, I'll give her plenty of space to edit it. Nope. <laughs> I can't figure out where east or west is. Anyway, where they're going out west, um, 1880 Town is a town where... They have basically created a little town with many, many, many buildings. Like it felt like there was like between 20 and 25 of them. Old timey buildings. Each one you can go into, you can explore it. They have kind of cool effects so that you go into like the dentist's office on the, on the top floor of somewhere. And it looks like there's a bubbling um, cauldron of, not cauldron, but like a, <laughs> what kind of dentist <laughs> has a cauldron? Bubbling materials are there. Is it a there. witch? He's not a witch. <laughs> But you you can go into someone's kitchen and they've got bubbling um, cauldrons. No, well, yes, actually, kind of a cauldron. <laughs> yes, with potatoes in it and stuff like that. You can go into the schoolroom. There's a big stage in the saloon. You can get on. You can do a little dance. What city is this in? It's not any city. It's just 1880 town, man. Okay. Also, for but, it's like but a what museum. State? Oh, it's in South Dakota. Okay. Yeah, it's in South Dakota. Gotta narrow it down uh, a bit here. You just said fine. west. I mean, it's, out, it's there somewhere. You know it when you see it. It's uh, it's before you get to Wall Drug, and it's great. They've got uh, like museum after museum, basically of just chock full of stuff, including tons of stuff from Dances with Wolves. Not sure how I feel about that, but just going into the town and seeing the one room schoolhouse and having your kids like sit in the desks at the one room schoolhouse, just so cool. Uh, so two thumbs up. It looks like a tourist trap. It might be a tourist trap, but it's, it's definitely a mighty, sounds like a tourist trap. It's a mighty good tourist trap, is right. what I want to say. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. I had a lovely time. 
Uh, I'm going to do my grown-up thing as my Boston trip. Okay. Uh, first, we went to a wedding on Cape Cod. It was super hot. We were very sweaty. I was standing in the sun for most of the time. I was very shiny in all my pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Um, after the wedding, we went and spent a half day in Salem. So we went to the Witch Museum. We visited the cemeteries and the memorial. Um, <laughs> most importantly, we went to, uh, you know, that house in Hocus Pocus where, like, yeah. Max and Danny live. And also saw Thackeray Binks's house. <sighs> in the beginning of the movie of Hocus Pocus, you know, where he is, and he runs into his neighbor's house, and he's yeah, like, it's not Emily! Right. <laughs> Emily! <laughs> right. Um, so I had to pick up something from Salem, so I picked up the Salem Witch Bottle. It is, is it full of witches? Nope. It is a little bottle. Yes, it is. Uh, it has inside of it a pinch of salt uh, to purify the inside of the bottle. It has soil in it. It has a rusted iron nail, Ooh, which it does ha- have a rusted iron nail, which has the point down, which will then. Does it have two nails? It looks like it has two rusted nails. It, oh it... no! Is that cinnamon? Well, hold on, hold okay, on. Okay, I'm so sorry. I'm first, ahead of you. first the uh, the nail is pointed down, and it will attract and ensnare any specter or dark creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, and as long as the bottle is sealed, which this it one is, is, it is sealed, yeah. thank goodness. Um, it, it also, well, if, as long as it's sealed, it has this wax seal on the top, um, which is stamped to seal the magic inside. So if this bottle breaks, bad news bears. Um, it also has herbs. Uh, it has clove, rosemary, and sage. And yeah, so that was my little trinket from um, from Salem, just uh-huh. on our bookshelf of random things. Well, I, I encourage you to hang it on the Christmas tree. <laughs> I don't know about that. (laughs) But we went to Boston, and so uh, we did visit the duck statues, the Make Way for Duckling. Yay, Make Way for Duckling statues. Yeah, which people may have seen on our Instagram. Um, I walked part of the Freedom Trail. I visited the Boston Tea Party Museum. And then I had to do a haunted ghost tour because you have to do a haunted ghost tour. Right. Uh, and then after that, it was we did a boat tour and a bus tour. It was pretty much just one big history lesson. <laughs> nice, and you don't even have kids. No, no, Man. we were. It was just the penguinologist and I doing our touristy thing, Learn, learning, yeah, doing your learning. And then I came home and I got twenty mosquito bites on each leg. Ooh, yeah, it's awful. <laughs> the, you just out here in yeah. your own backyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, you're not supposed to do yard work in shorts. Oh yeah. I didn't, I didn't Do you have that do you have that bug thing where it like sucks the venom out? No. I no. do. I got it for my trip and then we didn't get any mosquitoes, so ah, it was useless. I might have to borrow it because I've been trying pretty much everything. Doesn't work if, uh, if I've tried been Benadryl, there a while. I've got cream, someone recommended Windex. If I spray Yeah. Windex. I mean if it's you it, tried your own spit? Uh yes, that that doesn't work. It doesn't work after a while. No, no, it's kind of like, and the sucky thing doesn't work if you don't get them like right at the beginning. Yeah. Like if you miss that window, oh, it's it's gone. It's gone. That yeah. window's gone. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm really looking forward to fall. Yeah, I bet you are. Yeah, yeah. less of the mistake. Come on, Halloween. All right. Well. I'm looking forward to Halloween, too. Especially because yeah. you have planned, I'm not going to say what it is, but you have planned a pretty crazy exhibit in your I mean, maybe we yard. should say because I need some help. 
Okay. All right. Yeah, you should say it then. If, yeah. if anyone has baby dolls that they no longer want, right. please email us at fusekdate at gmail.com. All right. We'll put out the call. Yeah. I yeah. need all of the discarded baby dolls. I'm talking if you've got baby dolls with one leg, a missing eye, hair falling out, the I want it. The grosser the better, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Give us your baby dolls. <laughs> Which is just a good name for anything are there any kids books with uh gross baby dolls as the main character uh there are but they tend to be for the older readers oh yeah then and, and they're creepy all right yeah you can so. give me a creepy book next week i could uh, i could do that but i actually had an idea for a book to do so i'm, all right. I'm, going, I'm going with what i want okay but we will do a creepy one for halloween i promise do you have a hint um yes we mentioned the creator at some point during this show Oh, there you go. See if you can figure it out, folks. <laughs> and until you do, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM. Or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our tourist trap is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird.